Well, I know y'all don't like when we talk sports on the show, but there's not a lot to talk about here. Except the S&P's creeping up towards the top of that trading range. Can we finally get in the 4,200 handle? We'll talk about that. Sarepta, that's your big winner of the day. Got very little bit earnings to talk about. We'll talk about the retail earnings season. We'll get a look from across the pond from Michael Houston, CMC Markets. This is pre-market prep. Get your coffee. Get ready. Let's get it going, Mitch. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Traders and investors, let's get things started here. We're up 16 and a quarter handles trying to punch through the high from last week. That's your big number, 41.73 and a quarter. That was Wednesday's high. Buck backing off a little bit, down at 16.4 cents at 102.34 and a half. Bonds just back to 130. We know this is an area of support just above last week's low. We're down 22.30 seconds at 130 and 132nd. We have crude holding in the 70 handle of 54 cents at 70.58. Gold down a smidge, down 270, 2017. Silver, the weak link, trying to stay in the 24 handle. That's down a nickel at 24.10. And Bitcoin futures, I think they lost a grand on uh, Friday, uh, getting back 9.10 in Monday session. That's up at 27,395. So let's just get the sports misery out of the way no. at the top no. of the show. And Dennis, no. I, I wanted to tune, I wanted to see the hockey game. And so after dinner, after Mother's Day dinner, I put on ESPN, and the game wasn't on. No, no. So you know why the game wasn't on? It's because they love hockey on ESPN so much that they would not they, – they, the NHL wanted to move the game earlier to 8 o'clock. They're like, no, we're not doing that because we're airing the Red Sox game. So the regular season Red Sox game takes precedence over a game six elimination game with McDavid, and they would not move it. And, ES- and NHL caters to ESPN, so they're like, okay, it starts at 10 o'clock at night, and that's it. It was the only option, like Mitch was saying, because the, the other the basketball game was at 3.30. They had the Red Sox game at 7, so they put the NHL game at 10. So we had to stay up really late. I was up till 1.30 in the morning, so I'm tired and cranky because the team, obviously, a Oilers fan, and they lost. Goaltending was the main culprit here, but in any regard, this is just shows you it's difficult to be sports fans because 32 teams in the league and you want your team to be the best every year. Well, the odds are like 3%, unless it's the Yankees or it's, you know, those in Red Sox too, unless it's one of those, you know, premier franchises, the odds of you winning any given year is pretty low. Like think about Lions fans. They can't even win a playoff game. Joel, I know, you know, Michigan's had some runs, but it's tough, man. I mean, it's hard to win at all. Only one team does, right? That's it. The yep. odds are, if you're just doing quick math, it's 3%. That's your odds. So the other 97% go home pissed off. That's where I'm at today. All right. Well, what about, well, you've, you've had some rough starts to the week, uh, you know, with the overnight trading. Oh, and the everything. trading has not been good for me. Well, I'll bring this to at least to stocks, right? One thing that I would say is your, your real battle here is not necessarily with ESPN. Your battle is here with Comcast. You need to be mad at Comcast, Dennis. That's what Why? you need to be mad at. Why? Because, of course, it's a subsidy of uh, – it's that's NBC Sports, right? And they yeah. didn't pay up to get your hockey on, man. And if they would have paid up, I wouldn't have had to deal with, with ESPN until 1 o'clock in the morning to watch my go. team lose anyways. That's 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 what you need to be upset with. NBC, you got to pay up for your sports, man. Get your hockey back. Dennis, you could have went to bed earlier. They got killed. 
<laughs> Chelsea's 5-2. You can tell the hockey just, fan. Stick him. Stick him hard, Joe. He doesn't count empty net goals. He doesn't count, you know, close and all the other. No, they got killed. You get lose by three, equivalent of getting killed in hockey. Let's move on. Sports right, are just going to piss me it. off, and I've been in a pissy mood, I feel like, for a month now. So let's try to, like, not talk sports. All right. What about debt talk? Um, I don't know if you guys saw, of course, over the weekend, there was some more debt talk. It looks like Treasury Secretary uh, Yellen, uh, Janet Yellen said that I'm hopeful. I think negotiations are active. I'm told that they have found some areas of agreement. And this was said in an interview uh, with the Wall Street Journal on Saturday. Do you guys think that this is anything that we should be paying attention it's to? It's going to be deal, or? no deal, deal, no deal. When is the deadline? Um, I, I think it's like at the end of the month, right? It's supposed to be at the end of the month. Or is it June? Does um, anybody have the actual date? I thought it was June. Yeah, it is. Like, so you're, we're going to see deal, no deal. This is going to be the driver of the market here, unless we get another regional bank failure. This is going to be the driver here for the next three weeks. Deal, no deal. Rally on the deal. Sell off in the no deal, rally in the deal, sell off in the no deal. You know what it equals? Chop, chop, chop. I mean, we keep saying it on this show because this is what has worked for the last 18 months. Chop, chop, chop. Chasing, not working, unless it's first solar. And that's pretty much it. What I what know. about I, I'm sorry, I just want to bring it just uh, in the market a little bit. I mean, what's with this rally here? I mean, we, we made our, our weekly low on Friday, right? We went under Thursday's low by a couple ticks. Kind of a strong close, backed off, lower open. But, I mean, this has been a pretty steady march just straight up here since, like, basically since well, 7 o'clock. I think o'clock just was, said it. It's, it's debt it's, talk. They're talking okay. more debt. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna, oh, we're going to get it solved. And then, you know, there'll be a headline two days from now. Now, no deal. We're not getting any deal with defaulting on our debt. So there it pretty is. much this. It just got it. <laughs> YouTube won't find deal. us for that. No deal, baby. Deal. It's advertisement, no deal. YouTube. We're advertising <laughs> for deal, no deal. So we're allowed to show that. All right. We'll see what happens if this is something that we should pay attention to. I think it's just kind of at the end of the day, political talk. It's going to go back and forth. And back then eventually, forth. there'll be a deal. <laughs> Let's just they're, be well, They're not going to default on their <laughs> yeah, debt. And that's going to be the deal. Once they say the deal is going to be the driver to probably drive us over 420 eventually. Try to uh, take us out of this trading range. I but, mean, it, is, it isn't the bank talk that drive us down, right? We didn't hear PacWest disappear this weekend. No, nope, they're holding on. They're I think we all were great, holding our breath. Holding on. But... Here, but we're a lot different from last Monday when PacWest was rallying 100%. Now it's kind of meandered and leaking back down to those lows. KRE not helping anything here, Mitch. Can't seem to get off the lows either. IWM has just been in a trading range for two months here. Can't seem to go either direction either. It's trying to get direction from the regional banks. So, and then you got the Qs, and they're just their own story. And they continue to be resilient, continue to be in a bull market. That's the dips they continue to buy. They get a little dip on Microsoft, they start buying it. They get a little dip on the Amazons now. They seem to, you know, come in here and they're buying that one too. And Google. Now, that's the monster performer. You know, two months ago when they had the fiasco when they said the wrong answer, that was apparently the best buying opportunity of all time because now they think Google's going to take over the world in AI. This market is so ridiculously headline-driven. Yeah, and it seems to me, though, like at the end of the day, just it wants to go up. It's just being held back oh, by the bank concerns. Uh, at least that's what we're seeing in the price action. We also saw really good price action from First Solar, uh, last <laughs> week, and I mean, man, what a move there That's and turnaround in crazy. solar stocks. I mean, for a second there, you thought first solar was just done, it cracked, it didn't want to come back, and all of a sudden, boom, now you're higher than those uh daily charts. What to think about try this? Try to make heads or tails out of some of these headlines. And once the algos get get her going one direction, we have seen some wicked moves. There's maybe none more wicked than this first solar move because I don't know if anybody knew how to interpret it. We thought she'd stall out at 200. It was trading, I think, 195 in the morning when we were talking about it. And we thought 200 is a big level. It gets up to 200. It's going to stall out there. <laughs> Hell no. It didn't even touch 200. It gapped up through there and just kept running up to all-time highs. So from bliss all, you know, the for the last year pretty much to piss for a month and right back to bliss here instantly. So your leaders continue to lead. And I mean, First Solar is now the leader in solar, I guess, because it's the one they want to buy.
they liked the deal. I mean, they did a deal, right? And they. Uh, you ever I seen mean, a stock go up that much on somebody buying something? No, I. Uh, I never. That's a new one for me. When I read the textbooks uh, back in the, you know back in the day, stocks were supposed to go down. Now I don't Usually. know, I don't know how big of a deal it was. So if it was, I mean, right. they yeah, liked the deal. But just going back to you know, just to try and bring it back to like education, learning a little bit. <laughs> if you were shorting the open there at two hundred three eighty, and you saw it tick two hundred three forty, you you were you must have saw that for like a nanosecond. Because it that the low of the day, 40 opened up 20 bucks, it dipped 40 cents. That was it, that was the pullback. So it goes back through that it was open. Wicked. I mean, F- faders on that one got killed. So it isn't just an automatic fade on everything, apparently. The open, Joel, that open, look at the where it opened and look at where it was trading 10 minutes, 50, 30 minutes after the open. It opened around what, two, 203.80. And it was 2.30, 30 minutes later. Like, holy cow. These things start going one direction, you know, on individual names, and they go. And, I mean, we got a big move in Sarepta here this morning, too, which we can talk about. But that Five I don't minutes. even know how to I, – I don't even know how you trade that for a solar on something like that. Like, you're you just it. getting – run. if you're fading it, you're getting run over. So, <laughs> oh, we've yeah, been saying fading has been the trade, but definitely wasn't in first solar on Friday. And uh, let's take a look at the other solar stocks off that move too, right? Some sympathy moves in ENPH. Boom, that was up. Mm-hmm. Not nearly the kind of day. I, I don't know. Do people short for solar? I mean, it, you know, we always you know blame the evil shorts. But, man, if you were short that thing and, oh, it's filling the cap. And EN, ENPH had a decent day. That's up another couple bucks. It's Max um, is the one that yeah. I'll keep on watch with their earnings. Uh, SEDG also, nice little move above 300, then below 300. Yeah, um, nothing, so, nothing wow. like that. Yeah, there's nothing like it in the ETF. Bring up the tan. It doesn't look anything like First Solar. It looks like it's in a bear market. So it's one stock. There's yeah, two stocks yeah, here, though, that I say that keep an eye out for smaller ones, uh, Array and MaxN. I feel like those are setting up because MaxN had good earnings. They gave their earnings. And then Array has been, been building going. up a little bit there. Um, and I'm going to look to see if Array can make a move to 23. But sun power goes down every single day. I've been saying there's support at 10. It looks like it wants to go there. Maybe you take a shot. But again, the momentum is just not in your favor here. CSIQ has been a dog. That hasn't participated yeah. whatsoever here, Joel. I think that reports this week. It does. It reports Thursday. Good support. So, it's finding support. It's, it is. But it's just funny. Like, there is separation. The rotation. This is what's probably killing me the most in the last couple of months. It's the rotation even within industries. Like you often see rotation, oh, defensive names are in favor or, you know, cyclical names are in favor or, you know, tech is in favor, you know, and it rotates around. And it's doing that rotation, but it's also rotating within industries itself because you're seeing certain stocks that, you know, are doing crappy and in the tech sector. I mean, you find certain stocks that aren't participating, which is crazy. So it's definitely just a market of rotation. I've never seen rotation in, in 23 years of trading here professionally, 24 actually going on now, 24 years of professional trading, I can't remember the uh, the rotation being this vicious. And that's what's keeping the S&P almost still, Joel. It's almost, oh, like, it's, like, it's almost like it's being manipulated just to keep the S&P doing nothing. And then, you know, you've got some stocks ripping higher and you got other stocks just can't catch a bid. And there's like separation. There's never been more of a stock picker's market than we're in here right now. Completely agree with you guys. Um, we'll we'll bring up a little graphic I have a little later. We can talk a little bit more about this. Let's go ahead and let's get into our first headline of the day. Um, let's go to, of course, SRPT, Sarepta. You guys can check it out. FDA uh, Adcom narrowly supporting the approval of Sarepta's gene therapy for rare neuromuscular disorder. Um, as you guys can see, this is getting a nice little lift. It was actually halted for a second there and then... Uh, came unhalted with the news. Yeah, it was halted all day Friday. So they were halted all day Friday, did not trade Friday. They were waiting on this decision. The decision did come after the bell, and the decision was good for Sarepta. And you can see the stock gapping up here too. Um, I believe this isn't a final decision, though. This is just a recommendation, is it not? I didn't look at the details here, Mitch. but yeah. I, And I'm not following the story closely, so forgive me. But I don't believe this is a final decision on this drug. 
Yeah, it seems like they got a final decision to make. Um, right now, they're leaning towards approval, yeah. and that's what's giving it the lift, right? Is that for right now, it's narrowing support. Um, you can see that it's slated to make its decision by May 29th. And so that would be the assume. final approval date. So they um, right now, now, they're leaning towards yeah. the approval. So 160 is major resistance on this. We did this exercise with First Solar, though, and then we got run over. So <laughs> I'm not fading anything that's up 26% at this point in time. Because sometimes they continue, but if I was long, I'd probably ring the register. So not going short, but if I was long, I'd probably ring the register in this 150s. Because this isn't a final decision yet. I got to think there's going to be some people coming in. But, you know, it starts taking out making new highs. You never want to be short of stock. Write this down. Never short of stock. Making a new all-time high. Or not all. I don't know if it's It's all-time high. It's not all-time, but but holy macro. The thing that jumps out at me is, look, you had some nervous Nellies on Thursday. Or is it Wednesday and Thursday because it didn't trade on Friday? Look at the price action. Let me go to the daily here because if it if it didn't trade on Friday, right? Friday was the 15th, uh, right? It, so mm-hmm. it didn't trade on the 12th. But look what the fourth, mm. look what they did on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, that was a uh, tough or, or, candle. Look at that. Or excuse me, on uh, on Wednesday and a Thursday. Shaking and bacon. Yeah, oh, Wednesday and Thursday. One thirty-four eighty-nine. You take down at one thirteen thirty-one on Thursday. You closed at one twenty. <laughs> you know you what that is, man? Roasted. Those are the stop hunters right there, man. They're that is there. stop hunting. Those They're are people there. just sitting out there with their orders, and they got picked off. You have a stop out on a biotech stock that's supposed to be reporting news on a drug. Are you on drugs yourself? Uh, yeah. But I would say anybody <laughs> that – I would think anybody that caught the dip in this. I mean, like if you got, oh, 125. Oh, I'm glad about that. Wait, 111? Those Wait, are the shakes, 120, man. I think, man. I, Dennis, I know you could – you know, first solar, I'll give you 158 as a target on the upside. I would say you don't see that. What's the pre-market high? The pre-market uh, pre-market high is 158. I'd say anything above 155 in the regular session would be absolute gravy on this. You had three highs. What was the actual high of the move here? 159.84. I'd say yeah. anything between 155 and 60, if you see it. I have a feeling you're going to have to bring your offers down. I mean, whew, we'll see. Like I said, pre-market high, 150. And again, nice it's move. not even the final decision. So yeah. it could still be people like, I'm going to take this profit because I don't know, maybe they don't approve it. And then all of a sudden you tank. Like bird in the hand here. All This is a bird in the hand trade. So this opinion. is it. So this is not the official. This is what they say. The I don't think so. Yeah, this is the, the recommendation, I think. Let me look. Yeah, so I, so, so the big sure part of this is that what they're trying to do is they're trying to get an accelerated approval. And so they've already <laughs> gotten uh, some approval for this. They don't have to give the answer by that date, but that would be <laughs> if they got that uh, accelerated approval. They voted eight to six in support for the accelerated approval of this drug. The, um, so, wow. so, so specifically... Wow. Yeah, the FDA, um, I just had it here, specifically, they support, so this is the FDA uh, advisory mm-hmm. committee, that's all, so this isn't the FDA, it's the advisory committee, so they're advising them to approve it, but that doesn't mean they're going to approve it, you don't yeah. know that doesn't for sure, mean 100%. So that's why I'm saying bird in the hand trade, I'd ring the register, because you never know, maybe they don't approve it, they likely will now, because I think they usually follow those advisory committees. But again, this is not an official approval here yet. And also, I think this is one that tells you that look for pullbacks, right? Opportunity, because you got that pop, right? It came in March 3rd, and then it came right back down to support, giving you that opportunity to get back into it if you thought that this was going to get approved, right? Support in this stock with that kind of news out there? I, yeah. I mean, yeah, at yeah, least yeah. the weekly chart gave you a good levels. I think the weekly chart gave you a really good level. Mitch, Mitch, go this is this is biotech stocks. You gotta yeah. you gotta take the charts and burn your chart book, man. Yeah. This is this is move and news and momentum. I mean, there's you. It's just it's just a flip of a coin. But anyway, because your charts would have had you short the thing based on the price action on Wednesday and Thursday. But uh, let's uh, let's move on to. Um, 
a bad news stock, perhaps, like H&R Block. Let's do that, right? Um, probably not the news you want to be hearing, but let's go to HRB. Let's go as the shares of tax service companies are trading lower following news that the Biden administration is considering and creating a government-run tax preparation alternative. Um, so uh, what do you guys think about this? Um, I, I mean, <laughs> With let's just be honest. Pretty much everyone uses it. Yeah. Yes. This, Joel, you were talking AI, about AI, baby. AI. AI. Maybe with AI. <laughs> Maybe with AI. I'm going to tell you, the IRS, and you obviously know this tax, you know, to, to go do tax preparation services for government run, they need more employees at the IRS first just to process the returns. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Canadian, and I have an IRS because I've worked in the States for Braintree for so many years, so I have my U.S. return. My U.S. return, the one year, took 10 months to process. They literally hadn't processed it because maybe I'm Canadian. They got to look and do different stuff with it. I don't know. But it took forever because the Canadian government was looking at and saying they wanted, like, my transcript to show that, you know, I'm paying U.S. tax and stuff. And I'm like, I can't provide that because they haven't processed my return yet. It's October, but they haven't processed the return from the previous year. They did eventually process it, and you know, but they are so behind. They are so understaffed at the IRS. We know that. Remember the articles going back a year ago that it took – you know, that they answer one in 50 calls. I don't think it's that bad anymore, but I can remember being on hold and then it disconnects and you go through the automation hell and you finally get to a real operator and then it disconnects. But, or you just don't get picked up. It would answer this message. You go through the automation hell for 10 minutes and then it goes, we are too busy at this time. Please try again on the next business day. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's what That's a classic getting. US standard right there. That is how the IRS <laughs> is run because they are so understaffed. And now Biden's just magically magically going to create a tax service to to do tax preparation with what staff with what staff this is ridiculous there's no way in the world they'll ever find the staff to do this unless it's all done by ai to mitch's point but i mean this is just impossible you got to fix the irs get the returns process before worrying about you know coming in and and providing new services here so i see almost zero chance that this happens. Now, if we talk the stock, it's going to spook H&R Block because if this did happen, it would be the worst possible news for H&R Block ever. I don't think this is going to happen. Uh, well, the street, I mean, this stock has been in a wicked downtrend for a while since uh, February. Uh, I can't say I see a, I mean, just based on the pre-market trading, uh, you have someone nibbling here and they're nibbling, not a lot of volume at 29 I got it's above, it's below the prior uh, low for the move, which is 3075. Uh, then you get into this big candle here. I mean, I, I would, I would just see how it trades today, and maybe if it could put one or two lows in this area. But also, if you were like, if you wanted to buy this stock or you were short it, this is like, this is the best possible news you can get, right? And then when they come out and say, well, we're not going to be able to do that, then the thing will, well, they usually go down more than they Oh, they'll try. They'll come up and they'll say, oh, yeah, we're working on this. They're not just going to throw it out. There's no way this ever happens. In my opinion, I think the chances of this are like, you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah, one in a million. One in a million. Uh, Right from Dumb and Dumber. You're telling me uh, there's a chance? Yeah, one in a million. I'll bet you a dollar. (laughs) <laughs> Joel's on those odds. <laughs> Joel's on those odds. Uh, I'm not officially giving those odds out there, though. I'm not a bookie. Uh, oh, man. What, uh, also Mitch effect- was going to bet a dollar, too. They're all I was going to do $2, dollars bro. I'm trying to say $2. Dollars. <laughs> you're, 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 uh, into it. Into it. Into it. Into hit is yeah, getting into hit. Into head is getting And you know what? Hit. This is there maybe you the one you'll want to buy on. But again, don't be the. I don't want to be the first day on this. Because again, yeah. if you have into it, or you have, you know, you know, H&R Block, and this actually did happen. These stocks are hammered. I mean, this is it's direct oh, attack they, oh. of the revenue. But I do not think this is going to happen. I do think this will pass, and I do think Intuit is going to be a buy here, but not I think on day one. Also, they didn't say that you'd have to use that one, right? They said an alternative, right? So you wouldn't necessarily have to use this software. You no. could also still use H&R right. block. No, but yeah, if you yeah, got a government you know, prep, it's going to be way cheaper or free. You know, cheaper or free, free right? Yeah, that's cheaper. that's where it gets a little bit better, right? Is the cheaper or free part? Oh yeah. Uh, 
for this one, ah, 400. Um, there's a little gap to fill. I, I would look at these couple bars here. This is a, a, a good update when it went from 400 to 410. But all I can say is, man, I'm glad I don't work for H&R Block anymore. <laughs> you know, I used to work for them. Yeah? No, did you? Yeah. They bought, they bought Oldie. Oh, way they back bought, in the day. They bought all the discount. Actually, You're a trader for H&R Block. Well, actually, I I I was I had started bright trading uh, when uh, H&R Herb when they when they bought them out. But uh, yeah, is there any other um, Jackson Hewitt tax services? Is that what? Is there anything else publicly traded? All of them, yeah. Jackson, What's Jackson Hewitt? Hewitt. That that was at one time. Is that still publicly traded? I'm I have that no years. idea. We're going to look Jackson Hewitt publicly um, traded. I, it used to be. Like uh, it up. Yeah, I think it's so. It's got a whole bunch of symbols. No, wait a second. Is it? I'm looking at no, them. I'm looking I think for it's them. gone. Is it I, gone? I, it was JHTX. Yeah, it, it was got that. Out. I, got out I didn't remember trading it years ago. Wait a J-H-T-X-Q? second. JHTXQ? No, I, I, I didn't get anything. I don't think it went under. Uh, files so i know it was in existence chat's not yeah it's not in existence no more i can tell I you i can't find it either so yep doesn't exist we got, so we, only got we got h&r block into it h&r block those yep. are the two you can go after yeah um but we'll see i mean They're the news is already in them. and of course i don't think we're going to get an update probably today from biden but who knows oh take a long time six probably. months from now yeah i mean you, we might never talk about this show on the on the show again <laughs> Yeah. Except when they say, "Oh, well, this yeah, isn't we, gonna happen." Yeah, I'm gonna happen. say it again. Just to, <laughs> there, this is this is very. I'm not. It's not one. I'm not giving you one one in a million odds here. And guys, always. Oh bitch. man! But I'm telling we you, want to take that. And there run, is Dennis? very little chance that they're gonna find the staff to actually go through with this. So this well, I'll gone. tell you what. Maybe they'll use Monday.com. Let's go to Monday.com here. <laughs> Holy! Uh, as they got Q1. Next time we buy ETS. the stock Monday on Monday. Oh uh, yeah. Why would you? Not buy the Why stock. Why would you not buy the Monday stock? You know how these algos think. You know how these algos think. Of course they're buying Monday.com on Monday. I feel like I'm down money We're for not so owning dumb, this Joel. stock today. This is the most simple trade ever. Do they always report on Monday, Mitch? I think this is Mitch's fault that he didn't tell yeah, us about it on one. Friday. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I, I'm sorry. I should have told you guys on Friday.com that yeah. Monday.com was coming. Yeah, you buy Monday.com <laughs> on Mon before for the Monday trade. So I actually have to buy Monday to come on the Friday when the report comes. I'll Monday. tell you what. I'll tell you what. Monday has been trying to get out there and uh, get a lot of companies. I heard um, them offer like kind of free things. You know, it's it's kind of your H and R. Um, kind of service using AI, different things like that. Um, one thing that was interesting here, they did beat on their EPS at 14 cents, which beats the loss estimate of 28 cents. So at least making some money, right? Sales at 162.3 million beat the 155.3 million. They do see Q2 total revenue at 168 million to 170 million versus a 165.6 million estimate. They see fiscal total revenue 702 to 706 million versus a 690.74 million estimate. So really good guidance outlook and a really nice beat on the EPS. I'm, I'm Monday, I'm baby. Sure. I thought it I'm was 16. Monday. I'm scared. After first solo, I'm scared to fade anything. Ah. It's going up 16%. <laughs> and I don't chase, so I'm just out. Yeah. Out on this one. What's uh what what what's the current? I mean, it looks like it's it's pretty strong here. Yeah, what, it's pretty. No, it's well, it's fairly thin. Like it's fairly. It's well, like thin, what's the, it's, what's it's the market, market like, here? One fifty two thirty to one fifty three. So there's a market okay. here. I was gonna say fifty two and a half to fifty three and a half. If I was long this stock, I would like. There's three highs in this same area here. I'd be hoping for this one fifty seven to 157.40. Three out of four days and they had highs right in that area. Uh, not three out of four, maybe three out of five. 57.40, 57.05, and 56.74. So follow through through the pre-market high. If I was long, I'd be, I'd be really keen for that area. Where support is, I mean, I guess you can maybe kind of say, but not really, 150 because there were three highs in that area. So it, I don't know. I think this thing will be all over the place, but 157 looks juicy. Do we, uh, all right. So here we go. We got Austin Goolsby speaking on inflation. 
And he said something that inflation's going higher and they're hitting the S&Ps. This is going to be headline-driven market oh, never horrible. goes away. I, we, I, oh. we are so headline-driven. That's why the chop. It's like you have some markets that are technically driven. We've been in the headline market here, I feel like, for months and months and months. And, yeah, one commentary from you know a CMEC Chicago Fed president. And yeah, now we're going to sell the stock. So welcome to Chop World. Listen to this. Uh, uh, 845 Bostic, 915 Kashkari, 1230 Fed Barkin, and then at, barkin. Fi- at, at 5 o'clock, <laughs> Fed Cook speaking. Unbelievable. I mean, that, I mean, that's I mean, what you there, want to do. There, there's risk of recession. I mean, I don't think that's. There's risk of everything. I mean, come what the on. What <laughs> Yeah, like I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the thing to focus on here. But one thing to notice, right, is you are getting some sentiment coming down and things like that. So a little bit of a shift in at least the consumer. Um, I know that. You, did you catch your University of Michigan sentiment number last week, Joel? Uh, it was it was bad, right? Six month low. So at least the good. consumer. But that's good. Well, you know how it is. Bad news, good news, I guess. That's that just shows that the recession's closer, I guess. Well, that's um, good. Hey, I, I, I really don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know what's good news there, and bad news anymore here. Joel, takeovers. I have no 30%. idea. I, oh, man. I have no idea. I have no idea. But uh, all right, we got our guest coming on here in a couple of well, minutes. Spinner saying 12 Fed speakers oh. this week. Oh, nice. Welcome nice. to Shop Fest, folks. They're all different <laughs> opinions. They're not even all the same page. They all have different opinions. That's just who, who wants to stand here. out in the news the most? We'll find out this week. That's for yeah, sure. Who's got the loudest voice? Yeah, who has the loudest voice? Of course, Barkin. You know, you oh, know, yeah, he, he, you know he's going to come with it. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, overall, I mean, they should be patting themselves on the back. If anything, right? They shouldn't really be so so negative. At least I feel so. They're they're beating inflation somehow. Oh, they've done a great job. There's no doubt they've done a good job here in the last little bit anyways. I mean, they didn't panic on the regional banking crisis. And, yeah, inflation is coming down somewhat. They did a terrible job setting us up for this, though. It's all their fault that we're in this situation. (laughs) No one one wants to talk about that. (laughs) Barely well. So we'll give them credit for managing the situation that they put us in. But, yeah, who knows? Yeah, is inflation gonna come back? Sure, it is. You know, it's gonna come. It ha- I mean, it valleys. can't. Yeah, it can't. It can't go like in a straight the only line. It doesn't I mean, is if we fall into a serious recession. The soft landing scenario, again, maybe it's gonna happen. But the soft landing scenario is if the economy goes into a recession. Like, or if or, I mean, the soft landing scenario is just not even really possible. It's because you're, the only way you're going to get inflation to come in is if we go into a recession. So I still don't see how you have a soft landing, but this market, silver lining market, will find a way to be bullish anyways. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get out of the spy. Let's go to our guest today. All right, we got Michael Houston, Chief Market Analyst, CMC Markets. Welcome back, Michael. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good weekend? Yeah, not bad. Uh, it, won't, it won't be too good for Dennis on the ice, but we'll, we'll, we won't talk too much about we the ice talk. Sports. <laughs> so how you doing, Michael? How's it over there across the pond? Are you guys still kind of focusing on inflation? I know it's a little bit higher for you guys over there. Mm. How's it been? Yeah, I mean, it is, it is very much <clears throat> quite a bit higher here in the UK. It's still above 10%, but I Holy. think... Yeah, 10.1%. Core price is a little bit lower, around about 6.2. So certainly room for it to come down. But there are one-off factors that are keeping our our um, headline CPI number um, high. They should drop out in the numbers that are released in just over two weeks' time. We should see a fall to around about 82 8.5% on, an, on a year-on-year basis. And we are operating a little bit with a lag. And with you guys, obviously, you are um, self-sufficient when it comes to um, oil and gas, whereas we're not. We contracted it out to uh, um, external sources rather misguidedly, and we're now paying the price for that. But the hope is that 
inflation will start to fall off quite sharply on the back of the decline in natural gas and oil prices that we've seen over the course of the past few months. All right. Well, um, just to follow on that one, you kind of just mentioned it there. For a while there last year, it was all the worry about natural gas. And for a while, you can see it's been pretty cheap since then. But will we actually run into some worry this year, Michael? Uh, in the short term, I don't think so. I mean, obviously, I think reserves over here in Europe are around about 90% still, um, which is unheard of. I mean, we've had a fairly mild winter in terms of cold weather. Also in Europe, they've been quite good at saving energy, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it won't be a headwind going forward. Um, looking at the direction of oil and gas prices, I am actually fairly surprised how low they are. I mean, I think anyone who you would have listened to over the course of the past five months was telling you that oil was going to over $100 a barrel and natural gas prices were going high. That hasn't happened. And I think a large part of that is down to what's going on in China. That so-called V-shaped rebound hasn't taken place. And um, I don't know whether you guys have noticed this, but last week we saw China PPI factory gate prices um, come in at minus 3.6%. That's the sixth consecutive month that Chinese factory gate prices have been negative. So what does that tell you about global demand? And ultimately, does that mean that China could well export that over here? So, you know, inflation is coming down. The bigger problem that I'm looking at is where's the new baseline? Because I still think it's going to be significantly above that 2% target. How would you characterize your, your your markets, your stock markets over there? I mean, I don't know if you were tuned you tuned in before. I mean, we're just in uh, uh, a trading range, like mm -hmm. of no other trading ranges with, you know, the S&Ps. If their stock's going, I mean, it's just being supported. Uh, the triple Qs obviously have been strong by the mega cap attack. The, the small caps cannot get off the mat here. Mm -hmm. how, you know, how would you, how would you characterize, is your market in the, like the, the malaise factor like over here or are there some like definite, you know, clear winners like we have in the tech sector and clear losers? Well, yeah, there are some clear winners. I mean, we can see that quite clearly, um, you know, in the performance of Rolls-Royce, um, travel and leisure particularly have had a really strong start to the year over here. Rolls-Royce simply because it has maintenance contracts for the engines of all the major airlines. So um, hmm. they've been flying more. Consequently, Rolls-Royce's revenues are much better than they were this time a year ago. Having said that, uh, they reported their latest first quarter numbers last week, and um, the market was disappointed that they didn't upgrade their four-year guidance. And yet their four-year guidance, when they published it three months ago, was fairly decent. So, you know, it's always, you know, markets always want more jam tomorrow. But if I could categorize what's happened over the course of the past three months, it's pretty much Zedsville, Arizona. We've been stuck in a range with a tumbleweed blowing across the desert, and we're not really going anywhere. All of the gains that we've seen so far this year were posted in the first two months of this year. Since March, we've gone nowhere. We've traded in a fairly tight range, albeit at the slight top end of that range. But you know, to all intents and purposes, we've, we've gone nowhere. And the Russell 2000, for example, which is flat or slightly down on the year, is down 9% over the last three months. Pretty much everything else is either one up or one or 2% um, either way. So for me, I think we're just stuck at the moment. Dude, are you buying uh, the inflation data that we're getting? I mean, they're uh, 10 months in a row. I mean, I've mm. seen, you know, different, uh, different evaluations of the numbers. We don't know about the inputs of the numbers, but, uh, you know, the Fed still, I mean, they, they talked about a 2% target. And then mm. I think in his last speech, he said, well, first, let's get it to three. And I was looking at that as if a uh, potential Fed pivot. But what I mean, it seems like if the market really believed that inflation was really under control like it is, I'll be at the banking crisis and we can get to that um, in a second. It, it's just like, why aren't we? But if, if inflation is that much in check, why aren't we busting out here above forty two hundred? Is it, though? I mean, if you look at services inflation, prices are still fairly elevated. I mean, I could talk to you about food prices here in the UK. They're, they're rising at around about 18 percent per annum. 
Um, in Germany, it's even higher, 22%. So the people who you rely on to go out and buy your goods and services are getting absolutely battered by much higher cost of living um, you know, prices. And when you've got wages that are lagging ever so slightly behind, or in, in our case over here, a long way behind, the spending power of that consumer um, is going to make it very, very hard, I think, for um, a pickup in economic growth. But what I would say is that your PPI numbers are encouraging um, from what we saw last week, 2.4%, I think, which was the lowest since January 2021. So that shows that CPI, which, you know, if you take the view that PPI is a leading indicator, which I do, there are some who might disagree. But if you take that as a leading indicator, then that does appear to suggest to me that we are starting to slow ever so slightly. But does that mean we're going to get a Fed pivot? Does that mean that we're going to get rate cuts in the back quarter of this year or the last half of this year? Come on, do me a favor. Who are you trying to kid? I don't think anyone believes that. Um, yeah, I I think I think I would think there with energy going down that that probably be the only way we're going to get this inflation number to where we want it. Right. I mean, energy prices have been down one to month uh, relative, you know, WTI about 14 percent, mm. gasoline, crude oil about 13.5 percent. We have been seeing at least for oil the change in prices. Do you feel that this is going to be what actually drives inflation lower? Just kind of prices of oil coming down because i don't see it coming down in food we don't see it coming down no. in services or rent those things seem like they're just going to be sticky the only thing i can see of bringing it down is the energy trade yeah and i think you really have to believe that energy prices are going to continue to fall and for me you have to take the view that i think there is a base for energy prices opec plus is not going to allow prices to fall You've also got the fact that the Biden administration needs to refill the SPR. So you've got a buyer of last resort coming in pretty much just below where we are at the moment, around about the mid 60s. So for me, I think crude oil prices have got a base of around about 60, 65 dollars a barrel, which means most of that cost or that decline in inflation is already in. So really, the question now is, um, you know, where does where do oil prices go from here? Um, and for me, I think the range is now something in the region of 6585. Uh, we're on the line with Michael Houston from CMC Markets joining us here in pre-market prep. Uh, Michael, the uh, you know here we talk about the inflation picture and interest rates and whatnot. And uh, we've been talking about a recession now for like two years or a year and a half now. Uh, but one thing that, you know, that I look at, I mean, I use the eyeball test and, you know, I don't know if it's just my area or other areas I've traveled to, and they're still building houses. I mean, you know, mm. and people, even with interest rates, you know, elevated here, and I look at some of these housing stocks that are still, you know, trading at very reasonable valuations here. And I mean, it's waiting for them that, you know, fall off the cliff. What's it like over there? What's what's the economy? What how's the housing market? I don't know if you live, you know, in downtown or if you live out in uh, a cushy suburb or whatever. But I mean, you could take recession. You could think that we're all these things. But if you looked at Toll Brothers or D, you know, D.H. Horton or some of these housing stocks, you'd be like, what? Like, what are you talking about? What What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, the housing market here or if you look at the housing stocks over here, the, the house builders, They've been declining for about the best part of the last three years. I mean, obviously, um, the COVID pandemic didn't do them any favours because it put the unit labour costs up um, because of the cost huh. of raw materials and what have you. And the, 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 the most recent um, price surveys have shown that prices have been falling quite consistently over the course of the past nine to ten months. We did see a modest uptick um, last month. And generally, housing here tends to be fairly seasonal. So house buyers tend to dip their toes back into the market around about April, May time. We are starting to see that happen. And an awful lot of people over here are on what we call fixed rate mortgages. That's unlike your, you guys in the US where um, you, you basically sign up for a mortgage for the whole term of 25 or 30 years at a certain rate. You can only get fixed rates here for two or five years. So my main concern, I think, now is given how quickly 
the base rate has risen over the course of the past 12 months, there will be a whole cohort of house built of householders, not house builders, householders, who will switch to a variable rate at some time over the course of the next six to 12 months. So I'm not optimistic. People are having to settle for slightly below their asking price. That's keeping a lid on prices. And ultimately, there are more buyers than sellers, which is helping to keep a little bit of a floor under house prices. But that challenges margins for house builders in particular. What so about downtown London? Sector. What about downtown London? Um, well, again, I mean, house prices there have been fairly stable over okay. the course of the past two or three years, because even if you get four sellers, you've got plenty of overseas buyers who are ready to basically swoop in on the back of the cheap pound. So, you know, okay. you know, Chinese buyers or Arab buyers, Russian buyers, not so much. They're more forced sellers now with all the sanctions. But nonetheless, there's still okay. a fairly steady stream of overseas buyers for the sort of the top notch uh, London properties in the suburbs, um, sort of South London, East London, West London. Prices are holding up fairly well. Okay. All right. A little different perspective from Michael Houston. He's the chief market analyst over there at CNC Markets. Thanks a lot, Michael. We'll be down you up again soon. Thank you. Thanks again. All, All right. right. S&Ps, we got the leak because uh, of Goolsby. And now you got, uh, uh, well, you got Tudor Jones saying, I think equity prices huh. will continue to go up this year. So yeah, it's a chop fest. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. All Everybody's right. got a different opinion in this market. That is the one thing that has kept me like saying chop, 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 because everybody is on a Sometimes you get like, it seems like there's full bulls, there's full bears. It seems like everybody's on a different side here. I mean, you get into a room with 100 people and half of them are bullish and half of them are bearish. I mean, you know, and, and obviously, you know, that's a lot of it, you know, it depends on the sectors talking about people are very bullish tech, but it's just a very mixed market. And I mean, this is why we're having so much trouble getting out of this range on the S&P because it's very mixed. The opinions are mixed. Nobody's got a crystal ball. Nobody knows. You know, we've not, we haven't inflation like this in 30 years. So how easy does it come down? Well, it seems to be looking pretty good. But then, you know, we have Michael Houston coming on here and saying they're still running 10% over in the UK. Well, that doesn't sound good. So, I mean, we're all connected to a certain extent. So we get the 4.9 tick and we're like, yeah, we've won. And, you know, but have we? So it's tough, tough. You know, just, you know, when there's different market opinion, you know, when, when opinions of people start to matter, you know the market has no idea where it wants to go. That's the truth. All right. Well, we still got some more headlines to get through. I'm going to go ahead and pump us through it. Let's get to, of course, daily trade zero segment. Let's go. All right. First one, we're going to take a look at Newmont Corp. Of course, it's uh, I'll call it Acquisition Monday because there's two acquisitions out there right now. Uh, looks like Newmont Corp inked a deal to fully acquire Newcrest Mining Limited. Uh, that's an OTC stock, NCMGY. The offer values Newcrest Mining around $19 billion and is the gold's biggest ever transaction. And this was put out by Bloomberg. Um, Newcrest shareholders will receive 0.4 of Newmont shares for Newcrest shares and get a special, a special dividend with a dollar and ten from Newcrest, representing a 30.4%. I don't think the stock trades, does it? Where are you getting this? Uh, yeah, what's, yeah. What's I got Neo Game. Five symbols on What is it? And Nancy Casper, Mitch. There you go. How's that one? Golf Yankee. So NCMGY. Yeah, it has its bulletin board. It hasn't traded. I don't know if this was grabbing off the board. I don't even see it on the board. So, um, so yeah, anyways, I don't think this thing trades too OTC much. Looks stock. Like by yeah. appointment only here. I hate OTC stocks. So let's move on. There ain't nothing to happen here. NGMS, though, is, is interesting here this morning. And this is mm -hmm. another deal That's here. the next Mitch? one. Yes, yeah. exactly. Let's What's go to that on one. one. Okay, this is an iGaming solution provider, Neo Games, as their shares are jumping, NGMS. Um, it agreed to be acquired by Australia's aristocrat Leisure Limited, a gaming technology company. Neo Games will be acquired for $29.50 per share in an all-cash transaction. 
big pop. So this came out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting this because this yeah. thing was just sitting near the lows and boom. So they kept a tight lid on this one up 113%. I mean, time value of money is a consideration here. So, you know, when you get these takeovers, you ring the register, move on, the better place to put your money. Definitely. Congratulations move on to the from these. Yeah, definitely. That's what, that's what you do. It's definitely congratulations to them. We'll see if they cash out today. Let's keep it going here for some next stocks uh, that are on the radar. Uh, there was ALB's some ratings. up there. Yeah, your ALB. Yeah, it's getting upgrade. Baird, I think upgrade outperform. I I bought more down there. I just think it's ridiculously valued down here. But again, it's cyclical, so you never know. And if you get the lithium, if you know you have Chile coming in, and uh, there's, there's potential competition coming from different places. This is your biggest, one of your biggest lithium producers in the world. So they make a lot yeah. of money in the P's like eight. So, ALB, it's going to be a lot I, I to like determine it. what happens in Chile. Uh, I'll tell you that. Oh, it, for right, sure. Short that's term. That's what's going to determine it in long yeah. term, right? Chile? Yeah, that, that matters. You guys are like... We're not, isn't that how you say Chile? That's how you say it. That's how you say it, Joel. Yeah, don't we worry. say it the right way. Everybody uh, else says uh, it wrong. Chile. Uh, Chile. Uh, uh, don't worry, Joel. I'll, yeah. I'll take you, I'll take you to right. some Spanish countries. You speak in Spanish real quick, Joel. I got you. Maybe they could do a joint venture with the U.S. government and uh, do taxes and lithium mining together and kind of make it a, a, yeah, a joint venture. The, the, the truth One is, Joel, shop. is that Chile is a little bit nicer to their people and don't just destroy their resources like we do sometimes, but we won't go into that action there. And that's what's going on with Chile. Right now it's a battle of how much lithium do they want to take out of their country and how much do they want to kind of affect their history, their culture, and that's the battle right now going in Chile. So... <laughs> We'll if this happens. thing holds 200, I mean, they're trading not much above it, up 461. I mean, just the way this thing was, what, 280, 290 back in, uh, back in late February. I mean, I, I want to get in the way in this one. If, uh, if you need a target today, you're trading some weekly options or something, I, I give it room up. Whew, I'd be looking at like maybe two two twelve pair of highs at two twelve twenty two and two twelve forty seven uh back on April fourteenth and uh a few days after that, April eighteenth. Well, the next one here I'm going to go to is uh, this is what happens when you put pickles on the burger and someone doesn't like it because uh, it looks like we'll go to Shake Shack. Uh, looks like there's a proxy fight going on here. Whoa. It's Wall Street Journal re reporting here as that Engage Capital is planning to run a proxy fight for three board seats at Shake Shack. Um, they already have a 6.6% stake in Shake Shack and looks like they're not happy. They got pickles on their burgers. I wouldn't be happy either. The stock's been popping though. What was the pop last week? Was that the activist or that was earnings? Mm, I think that was. Let's go look. Let me Maybe just it looks look. like it was earnings. Quick peek. Quick peek. Yeah, earnings. So yeah, pop on May 4th, the big gap and go. It shows this market, eh? Like, Joel, they still lose the money, but they only lost one sensible. Lost less money. Cent. Buys! Lost less. Buys! Lost that's a good, cent. that's a beat. <laughs> I mean, I've never understood the valuation on Shake Shack. Me and Joel went there once, cost me $14 for a hamburger fries combo. And I'm like, never coming back again. It was, yep, it was a decent that's burger it, man. fries. That's it. But a combo... I, I might have been more. It might have been sixteen dollars <laughs> beer for not. There was no beer. It was just fries. Man, burger, there was a time pop. when it was all about the five. Fries burgers deals. pop was sixteen dollars. <laughs> it was like two years ago. It's probably twenty now. Two years ago, Dennis. Maybe it's four years ago. Four years ago, Dennis. So how much is it now? Somebody that goes to Shake Shack. I have no idea. How much is a burger fry combo Put at Shake Shack way. without the beer? Put it this way. They say if you can go to Shake Shack, if you can go to Five Guys, then you're pretty much rich in this environment. That's what they say out there in the social media world. Boy, I haven't had a Five Guys in a while. Yeah, because yeah, oh, it's going to cost you 15-buck combo. I walked out with a heart, heart <laughs> issue from Five Guys. It tastes awesome, though. <laughs> I'm also allergic to peanuts, so they got well, to be a little everywhere. careful It's awesome. There. You sit there, beer, eat, waiting for your burger, eating peanuts, drinking your beer. No, but the, you know what guys. they do, right? It's not, not good on the heart. <laughs> it's the model, the model of not giving you a combo, right? The model of, oh, you got to buy your burger, then you got to buy your fries, and then you got to buy your drink all separate so they can get that price to $14, $15. That's how and, these companies make their money. And I, Dennis is complaining. I think I paid because... Um, uh, <laughs> I um, was mad even when you paid. <laughs> you know you're offended when I'm Joel paid and I'm still mad. 
All right, let's go to ratings of the day today. We got two of them to talk about. We'll go to SoFi, as SoFi is actually trading oh, down so off their ratings. Really? Uh, Wedbush downgrading from neutral to underperform. As you see in SoFi go lower, of course, regional bank concerns. This one started moving up. This it's was not looking good. With, and this it was is moving one that, with the man, regional banks. Like this is don't... one that from 14, it's been just a disaster. It's been a disaster, and people and, and, and it was trading with KRE, and this continues to trade a little bit with KRE, even though it's its own kind of thing. I mean, they've got her in there, and it was the regional banks were going to hit. SoFi was getting hit, too, because I was pair trading it with them. You got a huge support here. You're coming down a huge support area. Never like getting downgraded into that support. It's scary, but we've had a big mover already. 450. It's a big support level cool. here. Um, let's see if that holds, because that don't hold. Katie Bar the Dory coming in. Well, 424, I guess, is low. Is that the all-time low? Yeah, uh, it's no, always yeah, tough to all time all time low. lows. We're not too um, all time lows. You said it was Wedbush. Yeah. Was it uh, David Shiverini? Was that the analyst? I don't have the analyst. I can look it up. Man, but... I tell you, I had him on last week, and I if you guys can, uh, I think Benzinga did an article on it. I mean this this guy downgraded a bunch. I mentioned this last week. He downgraded a bunch of regionals. Uh, last year, in the middle of the year, like in June of 2022, I had him on uh, Pre-Market Prep Plus on Wednesday, last Wednesday. And man, he just, I remember him talking about this. The other thing about SoFi is I've never seen a stock, and I have to ask Chat GPTAI about this, <laughs> that pops off earnings and fades. I've not, almost every time, this was last week or two weeks ago when it hit 650. That was off earnings, and I bet you when it got over eight bucks here, I've never seen a stock faded off earnings. Uh, oh, I think what he said too is something about um, like they're just not increasing their deposits at all; they're not growing at all. So I don't know. Old time low four twenty four. If you want to take a shot at this one, what was the analyst name, Joe? I'm pretty sure that was him, David Chevarini. You got it, that, my friend. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. With grade, and he went from. Five dollars to two dollars and fifty percent off there. And um, I also hear that that stadium that they built out there is horrible. Uh, they that's where SoFi the Rams, Stadium. Yeah. Yep. Where is yeah, I mean, it's pretty big. Where it's is pretty it? big. That's L.A. L.A. LA. Uh, but two teams use it, Joel. So I, I think that benefits them. I'll say if two teams use it, it's probably not going away. Right. Let's just be honest. Um, let's go to the I don't next know about one. The stadium. They just built the thing, and I guess it's all like weird, like design. Well, whatever. We're, yeah, uh, it has a, has a glass roof. So I think we're not supposed to talk sports anymore. Remember? Yeah, yeah. We, we got this. We got banned from that. All right. Let's go to yeah. Raymond James' upgrade of Charles Schwab. Mm, really? Ooh, really? That's interesting. That I like a good contrast. Oh, I'd love to, to get on plate. board with it too. And maybe this kick starts it a bit, but the problem is we still are in a regional banking crisis. Let me give so. you what was in the note here. They said, concern about the stability of the banking system have not Im impaired Schwab's ability to attract new accounts and assets. In fact, net new accounts grew at a 4.3% annualized pace in first quarter of 23, while core net new assets grew at 7.5% pace. So Raymond James stepping up from market uh, I can't, perform I, I, to outperform. I'm watching the KRE. It's sitting right near the lows. Maybe this is a turnaround story here eventually, but with PacW not getting out of its way. I mean, as the more regional banks, this is right in the hole. And why Schwab? Why they have Schwab in there, I don't know. But they've got her all mixed in there. And as the regional banks go lower, Schwab's going lower here too. We just aren't through this regional banking crisis yet. So I can't take a shot on, on Schwab. Not yet. Hmm. I'm just looking at this chart here. Uh, if this if this could build a base off 50, right? And we're not uh, right now. We're trading up a buck 17. Uh, pre market highs a little bit above that, but you know, can, will you know? You've, you've had people nibbling under 50 here, and you don't know if they got their full lot on. Like we really want 50. We don't want to show big bids. We really want to get a big position. So if you could if you could establish a base here at 50. Then I think you got a you got a point, but I mean, ever since the news come, you had just said, "I want out, I want out after the initial drop, I want out at sixty. No, I want out at fifty-five. No, now 
50. So that's what I'm looking at. I don't think uh, we'll see what happens today. It's just uh, every time you want to get bullish this thing, it continues to leak. So yeah. until that KRE starts to turn around and starts to show, like we were saying, we tried to buy them with KRE until it gets over 45. Yeah, you got to change 36. that. I mean, this got a hell of a lot worse. So regional banks are no touch in the long-term portfolio for me. Not yet. All right. All right. Does All someone right. ask real quickly, ask you about PayPal? I just wanted to see what you thought of PayPal. It goes PayPal. down every day. Like, it's unbelievable. They hate stocks. As much as they love First Solar, they hate PayPal just as much. This is <laughs> unbelievable. What's the P on this thing now? It's like 11? I, the I mean, is, is it going out of business? Let's just be honest. Is this what's happening? Let's just be honest. There's alternatives. There is. There was always That's alternatives, the though, they were paying uh, 40 times earnings for this puppy. There was yeah, alternatives. Yeah, but there wasn't – I don't think there was that many alternatives. Now it's just like just a completely overran space in fintech, right? And I it's mean, like, how is this many... a regional bank? Is that what PayPal is now? Is it run like a regional bank? Because they kind of got it in there. What's the latest P's thing that you 12. know that, that wait, PayPal has, has the, done? When has a P ever been 12 on PayPal? Is this like an all-time low for the PE on PayPal? I'm really curious. PayPal's been out, you know, it's obviously yeah, a spinoff from eBay, be. feels like 20 years ago. I don't know if the PE has ever been 12. I don't know if it's ever been this low. I don't think so. But when stocks are making new lows, you got to go. I mean, we're making a new, like, I don't even know how many years this is. We're through the COVID lows. We're through the 2022 lows. We're through, we're back to 2017 pricing. I, I, it's unbelievable, but it keeps going lower. I mean, Dan Nathan was on CNBC and he's like, well, when it was 74, he's like, I'm going to take a shot at 70. That was last week. It's 61. I mean, it just lost nine more dollars. The earnings were fine. This earnings report was actually pretty darn good. It doesn't even matter. They just hate this stock. I'm not buying a stock. I'm not going to be the hero trying to stop it here. I have no position in it, and it's hard to be a hero. Yeah, you're back to levels that you saw in September of, what, 2017, uh, where you had, uh, yeah, so September 2017, you had a monthly low at 60.58, and what did you hit? You hit 61.31 on uh, Friday, and not getting much of a bounce here. All right, I'm just going to wrap up the S&Ps here. We're up seven handles with a lot of Fed talk in front of us. Nice little rally this morning. I mean, you got resistance and you got support here. You know, you got the resistance at the you know, 4160 to 70. And then you got last week's low. I, I feel better about giving uh, a level on the downside. Uh, we had a low on Thursday at 12 and a quarter. We went to 1175 on Friday and we bounced back out of there. So you got it until we take out that level. Looks like just we're in for more chop up and down. So a uh, great show to go today, guys. Uh, not a lot of material, but we made it through it. So everyone have a great trading day and back with you later on. All right, Joel's getting out of here. We'll start to wrap up here. We'll get to the markets and we'll see what we can do this week. I do want to let you guys know that Joel will be here also tomorrow. I will be here until Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. You guys are going to have a special show and the rants will not be held back as I won't be in the house and Dennis will take over the show and we're also going to have oh, AB gosh. here to jump in. But I don't think AB stepping in and stopping Dennis Rant. So you guys get ready. Give me Rant Central Thursday and Friday. <laughs> um, yeah. Get ready. I'll be, I hope I'll there's, one I run hope there's some market the action. Hour show. Whenever Joel's out and I'm out, oh, of course, you know the markets are going to get hot or something. Something's bound something's to happen. Gonna happen. Something, something's so. going to happen. We'll, we'll be ready for that, like always. You ready for the market this week, Dennis? Yeah, I think so. I mean, now I don't have to focus. I can start actually getting some sleep. Maybe You know what the biggest problem here? I never even realized in the last month while I'm not trading as well. I'm mm -hmm. not getting any bloody sleep because I'm up till 1 o'clock in the morning watching these bloody oiler games. Well, you don't have to worry no more. No, I know. So now actually my trading <laughs> might improve here because I don't have to watch the Oilers and get all. And then and, and even when they – so you think you're, oh, yeah, you're going to go to bed at 1 o'clock when they lose. No, you're too mad. So you can't go to bed. So you sit there on the couch for like a half an hour afterwards and you're just fuming. And you're like, so, you know, so now it's like 2 a.m. and I'm finally going to bed. And then, you know, I got the young kids. So, you know, I just movement here all of a sudden. So then the five-year-old who's now six <laughs> runs, you know, and she hears me. And then she's on, you know, three in the morning. I literally have slept for 40 minutes. Then she pops in my bed. So I'm like, I just get no sleep. So here's the problem. That's why I'm grouchy. I've put it all together. That's why I'm grouchy. That's why it's all the Oilers' fault. Sports. 
They say, you know, watch sports, get your kids hooked on sports. Yeah, it's not, just a not, nothing like good old, me- nothing like good old melatonin. <laughs> yeah, that's what it All is. All right, have a good one, Dennis. Take care, my friend. You guys keep up with everything Triple D does. Keep him up on his Twitter. I'll get you guys over to some live trading action. That's coming up next. I'm excited as I've been building on the small account challenge and going to keep pushing forward. And of course, we will have the book club soon enough, team. Sorry about missing on the Mother's Day, of course. Um, just just had a little bit of a day. I switched it over. It wasn't Mother's Day for me, of course. It was, I'm going to call it Wife Day. We had a great day. Took my wife out to a good dinner. Um, had a great time. So I hope you guys out there had a great weekend. Ready to get back after it. It's Monday. Let's go into this market with the focus of what? Process mentality, of course. I'm ready to get after it in live trading. Going to continue pushing up that small account. Going to continue working some swing trades. Later today, start swing trade. 3 p.m. Eastern, of course. Three to four. Don't miss that. That's my show to close the market. And I will have Christian Fomhertz on later today, 3.30 Eastern. Don't miss that interview. And like always, Trader, if you guys want to learn a little bit more about swing trading, Come check out the show. That's what it's all about. Um, I know that there's a lot of day trading action that goes on out there, but I can tell you right now where I have found my bread and butter is definitely in swing trading. And many traders have started to come out to me and send me message, right? Like, hey, yes, I did day trading for so long, but swing trading is truly where I'm finding my game at. We had a trader on that it was in the chat, just like you guys out there. So if you guys are finding your game in swing trading and want to talk about it, Feel free to reach out to me, Mitch at BZ, of course, uh, Money Mitch at BZ on Twitter, and then Mitch at Benzinga.com, my email. We'll see you guys over on live trading. That's starting up in just about two minutes. Hit the like. Let's go see what we can get into today.